if you can't even describe what it is or how it works, you shouldn't be able to pass laws to regulate it. Welcome in to Like a Man. I'm your host, Miles Nielsen. On today's show, I brought on Richard and Jason from Uinta Precision, and we talk about their bolt-action AR-10s and AR-15s that they make. We also talked about the Second Amendment and guns in general and why they're good for men to have. Let's give it a listen. What is Uinta Precision? So we make the only true bolt-action ARs in the gun industry. What that means is we make an actual three lug bolt, 60 degree throw, turn bolt, bolt action, either upper for your AR-15 that you currently have, or we you know, select complete guns versus other products on the market that are just single shot ARs. With this gun and with the AR-15 uppers, who's the one who in, invented the bolt? Was that you, Richard? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I invented the bolt and the, well, the whole receiver assembly and everything. So tell us how that got started. Where did your love for guns begin? And then tell us how you came up with the idea and that process. I've always loved guns. Always. I don't ever remember not liking guns. I've always been a hunter, so I've never really been into semi-automatics or shooting fast or anything like that. I've just always liked to be able to shoot accurately and to shoot a long ways accurately. And, you know, just basically for hunting purposes. The idea for this arose because it's a little backstory. My parent company, it's uh, called You and a Machine. We've been building coal mining equipment and stuff for for a very long time. And in uh, oh, 2008 or somewhere in that neighborhood, 2010, things started to get really really ugly for the underground coal mines which is where we all where we specialized in and uh you know work slowed down and slowed down and laying guys off and laying guys off and then i built bolt guns on the side just on rebarrel and remington actions and things like that i've done that on the side since i graduated high school pretty much and uh about this time a lot of other gun manufacturing companies were coming out with, you know, precision bull rifles and chassis, and they were all built to accept some of the AR-15 components, you know, the grips and the stocks, and built on a chassis so that they looked more like an AR and the ergonomics were like an AR's ergonomics. And I was on my way back from a, a job over by Price. And I just was thinking to myself, you know, well, we got to do something different because this isn't going this obviously isn't going to last. And so I just tried to figure out ways to, I guess, build a bolt action and be able to get into the firearms industry. I knew it had to be something that was completely unique in order to break into an industry that's this competitive. And everybody was building AR style bolt action rifles and i i didn't and i didn't know any better <laughs> i soon learned not long after this as to why nobody built a bolt action ar i had no idea why nobody had done it yet i knew enough about them to know that the upper receiver could come off and 
I thought, well, why hasn't anybody ever built, you know, a bold action receiver to go on top of these? Well, the reason that nobody did it is it was really hard to do. At least I would assume that's why. And so I started to do the design work and the prototyping and things like that. About 975,000 failed attempts. And I got one that worked and kind of improving ever since. How cool does it feel to say you hold a patent? Because that's got to be one of the coolest feelings a man can have. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I don't really tell anybody I have a patent. I think it's cool. Mine ain't going on with patents, but I don't know how many times we got seven. Seven, I think. think There's about seven patents that we hold on this product. I don't, but I don't know what's cooler. It's having the patents or seeing yourself on Guns and Ammo. We've been featured article on Guns and Ammo quite a few times and lots of articles. And so it's kind of cool. You, you know, you're at Walmart cruising down the magazine section. You look over and you see, you see your company on the front cover. You're like, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's pretty cool feeling. With this, what was it that kept you going? Because it sounds like you had a lot of failed attempts. What was it that kept you going through all that? I'm hard-headed. Just plain old stubbornness? Plain old stubbornness and I guess not wanting to, I mean, we had to, I had to do something to, you know, make a living and. Yeah. It's just being as unique as it is. It's when you've got something and you know, it's unique and no one else is doing it. It's kind of hard to let go. I think, um, I know when he had first thought about it, I used to have a actual retail store and he came in like a weekend, one weekend was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm originally from California. So the gun laws there are much different, much strict, more strict than, you know, most other places. And, and he goes, what do you think about this idea? And I'm thinking, well, man, for California, that's perfect. (laughs) You know, as far as compliance issues go, you can kind of circumvent a lot of the laws that they put in place to ban things and they don't apply to you anymore. I was like, I would, I would pursue just based on that, you know, because you can sell a ton there. The, you know, the product we produce is not a compliance part. It's not intended to be. It's a precision, you know, a precision instrument, precision tool, but um, it definitely applied there. And so he was like, all right. And then, I mean, I kid you not, I think it was like maybe three weeks later, he came and had, had like the working prototype. I was like, whoa, you know, at least the bare, you know, the bare bones of it. So it was cool. It was pretty, pretty neat to see that progression from basically a napkin drawing to check this out. Got something going on here. And then. And progressing from there and it started actually started on a ar-10 platform like a 6.5 creed more larger frame and then pro- progressed into the ar-15s so yeah yeah we did the 10 platforms first uh, i'm glad we did because they were a lot easier than the 15s were and i and when i started the 15s i had a pretty good idea what i was doing it was still the 15s were challenging to get to operate and function correctly and everything and from that first rough prototype and stuff i mean that we've made i honestly couldn't tell you how many changes we've made to different to the bolts and the design of the bolts and to the machining processes to the materials used to the i mean everything has been it's just it's a constant evolution you know i mean it's not like where say if you take uh, a remington 700 and you build a remington 700 clone well remington pretty much did all the work for you and you just you know have to build it the way they build it. i mean sure you can improve upon it and things like that but we had nothing to go off of so it's just been a continual evolution because it's not i mean even where it is now is light years better than than the first ones 
but it's still it's still not perfect. I mean, there's still lots and lots of room for improvements. Are you guys doing everything in-house as far as manufacturing and design and all that goes? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the small pieces, the ejectors, extractors, firing pins, bolt mods, things like that. Um, I have a company out of Wyoming build those for me, but everything else is done in this shop. With that evolution that you're talking about with guns and the continuous improvement, there also is coming with the growth of the business. So with your company, what does your distribution look like? And what are the, I guess, the regulations behind that? Can you guys sell international or is it all domestic? How does that all work out? What, what does your market look like? Sales are, I mean, 99% of our sales are, are direct from our website. You know, we sell direct to consumer. Um, what we do, everything we produce is, well, our semi-automatics are not, but our bolt actions are 50 state compliant. So we, we're legal to sell everywhere, including Washington, which is, you know, just locked down everything uh, as far as guns go. Um, international sales, we haven't done any ourselves. We have some flown around in other countries. We know that because we get pictures from people in, in Germany and South Africa and places like that that have sent us pictures of our guns on, on safaris and things like that. So they are out there. We don't actively do that mainly because regulations have flip-flopped between uh, administrations and the U.S. government. So it's a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> we try to get into it and it, it changed, you know, every few months there was a problem and then COVID hit and then that set things back. And so we don't actively do it. There are companies out there that can and will export our products. So with what you guys are talking about, 50 state compliant, it, it's the bolt that is 50 state compliant, correct? The bolt action, yeah, the bolt action uppers or bolt action ARs are, are compliant in every state. So like to give you an example, California, they have what they call evil features. Uh, in semi-automatic center fire rifles uh, with detachable magazines and pistol grips are, are regulated. Um, but if it's a single shot or, or a bolt action, um, those evil feature uh, regulations go away. So you can have, you can keep your pistol grip, you can keep your adjustable buttstock, you can keep your threaded barrel, your detachable magazine. You have everything you want with our uppers or complete guns and, and not uh, get in trouble with the law. So That makes sense. So pretty much you guys sell an AR-15 that's legal in every state because of that bolt on there, Correct. right? Correct. So people can still feel cool owning it, but then the state can't get mad about it either. Is that right? Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, uh, again, it wasn't built or intended as a compliant part, but a lot of guys have built up a semi-automatic AR and they're like, I don't want to give it up. The lower receiver is the registered, you know, technically that's the firearm according to the government. So they've built out a, a lower that they like with a certain buttstock or grip or whatever, and but they're not legally able to put their semi-automatic on top of it. Well, they can keep that semi-auto in their safe and put the bolt action on top and still use their lower. It's still, I mean, it, you, they look cool. They look just like an AR. Um, they're just a bolt action. And on top of that, I mean, realistically, like I said, they're a precision tool here. So the high performance, these things shoot very, very, very well. So used for hunting, like you were saying with the safari, maybe elk hunting type situation you can use them for? Sure. Yeah. Deer, elk, whatnot. But I mean, also like PRS, your precision rifle series or uh, bench rest shooting guys, you know, that want to shoot groups, you know, they want to shoot for accuracy. Uh, that's where these guns uh, really shine. We guarantee sub MOA, which is a minute of angle, which means we guarantee that the gun will shoot a group smaller than an inch at 100 yards with good ammo. 
and that's that's on the high side. Typically, these guns with factory ammo, meaning you don't have to hand load your own to precision. You can buy a box of Hornady ammo off the shelf, and these guns will shoot right at half-inch groups, so at 100 yards, which is really, really good. So it's more for the sport than hunting, like I was saying, sounds like. It kind of crosses over. I think probably the bulk of what we sell are just target shooters, but I mean, there's unlimited possibilities with it. I mean, you can do both. I mean, we, we hunt deer out here with them. I mean, we've shot deer and elk with them. Um, we offer cartridges or, or chambers that are legal in other states too, because that, that also differs state to state. So like guys on the East coast, Pennsylvania, Virginia, uh, they can't use ARs, but they can use this, uh, but the straight wall cartridge. And so we make them in 350 legend so they can, they can hunt. You know, there's a lot of places you can't hunt with a semi-automatic rifle, and so they, they can just take their semi-automatic up or off and put the bolt action up or on it, and then it's a, a legal weapon to hunt with. So it's kind of a use-for-anything-you-feel-necessary type gun. Yeah, I mean, and we offer different options. So we have guns that are a 26-inch heavy barrel for target shooting. You know, you could go hunt with that, but it's long and heavy. We also offer guns that are super light. You know, you can get a carbon fiber wrap barrel and we're now going to start offering carbon fiber handguards from another company called Jag Composites that, you know, we've got a gun that's thousand yard capable. You can take, you know, most game in, in North America, I mean, your deer hunt, whatever. Um, and the gun's five pounds. So we've got an option for whatever your needs are. So I'm going to change gears here and we're going to talk. I'm going to share with you guys an experience. There was many times when I would wake up in the middle of the night and I could have sworn that somebody was trying to break into my basement because I lived in a walkout basement and behind my house, I had a bunch of trees and all I had was a 12 gauge and that was it. And I was in my mind planning out like, what am I going to do here? And something that I thought was, I think every man needs some kind of a tactical weapon in their house. And the thought that I had was if you had that, you could, I mean, just, I guess the deterrent of the look of it is the first thing that would scare people away. But then just having something that you could use to defend your home and everything like that. Do you guys ever get any letters or anything like that of people? That's why they buy it is for tactical or what's your thoughts on that? I don't have any feedback as far as someone actually using for self-defense, but I mean, the the AR-15 is the most common gun in America, what we call the modern sporting rifle would be the AR-15. Uh, you know, the news will call it an, an assault weapon or assault rifle, but it's the modern sporting rifle because it has so many uses. It's the easiest gun for anybody to pick up and use. I mean, I can have my eight-year-old son shoot it very well. It, um, it's light enough where he can do that. My wife can shoot it. My 13-year-old kid, can, my boy can shoot it. So it's very versatile as as a platform because you have so many options you know you can have a light one heavy one you can have big you know big calibers small calibers um low capacity magazines high capacity magazines there's a lot of options there especially when you get into the self-protection tactical realm a bolt gun in my opinion would be an offensive weapon yeah. um we you know we have we have quite a few agencies throughout the the country that use our ar-10s as their uh sniper rifles or designated marksmen whatever you want to call them a bolt gun i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be an offensive weapon for sure i was going to ask if you had any agencies that are using your guys's guns we that's do. awesome yeah we do yeah i agree with richard i'm not a door kicker that's not me i'm not a 
operator dude, nothing like that, not even close. In my mind, if I was in your situation and there was it was going down, I want to be as far away from that as possible. I want to get my family away from it and sit on the long gun. And when I know I can confidently make first round hits on a person sized target at a thousand to fifteen hundred yards, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be <laughs> in, in the <laughs> heat of it. Yeah. yeah. This is the last place I want to be. <laughs> yeah, it can get pretty scary when you're in that situation. I never really felt like fear or terror come over me, but it was, my mind was starting to go into planning mode. Like, what what would I do if all of a sudden something happened like that? Yeah, I mean, shotguns, I mean, shotgun, close range, 12 gauge buckshot, that's, uh, you get one with eight shots or something like that. Very hard to <laughs> so beat that. Hard to argue with that. And that you, there's a lot. That's very versatile. Yeah. Um, but like going back to your first statement, like you know the look of it and things like that. To me, that's a um, that's dangerous territory because brandishing a firearm. If you're going to brandish a firearm, you should your mentality be should be that you're going to pull that trigger. You're going to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, why well, I should say brandishing, but pointing it. You know. Not to not as a scare tactic. If you pull the weapon out, your mentality needs to be that I'm probably going to have to use this thing. Not I hope the sound of me racking their shotgun scares them off, or I hope they see my thirty round mag sticking out the bottom, because that it's not it's not going to happen that way. You watching these home invasion, you know these ring cameras and things like that. That's not how it happens. These guys have guns too. That they see more 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 often than not, they see a gun, they start shooting first. So uh, you have to be mentally prepared to do that because most people that are willing to break into a house like that armed are going to be willing to shoot you. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean the, you know, you had the first step down, which is just re- the realization that that could happen and coming up with a plan, whatever it might be. That's the, in my opinion, that's one of the most important things to do. Yeah. I think as a society, you know, this being a manly podcast, we as a society have gotten comfortable and lax and complacent and things in that thinking, you know, uh, it's not paranoia and it's not conspiracy theory to think ahead of time. People need to stop being complacent about preparedness. You don't have to be crazy about it, but just get it in your mind, you know, realize that those are possible scenarios. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the beauty of the second amendment because I had a coworker, we'd always talk guns. He's always bringing up the fact the biggest non-military armed people in the world is the u.s citizen because of all the arms that we own and it's like when you're a general in some other country and your enemy is the u.s and you're planning an invasion it's a lot harder when you're like dude holy cow these guys have guns and they not only do they own them but they use them in sport and in hunting and everything it deters people and it it really does prevent them from doing it and to your point jason with having a plan in place, I'm not saying with war or anything like that, but with defense and with hunting, guns have a lot of benefit and they do bring a peace of mind to a lot of people. An armed society is a polite society. I, I agree with that 100%. People are less likely to mouth off. People are less likely to lose their temper over something stupid or, you know, things like that when they might get shot, you know? Like, when you the know. consequence is severe as death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you generally, you're going to um, second guess what you're doing. The respect is just higher. I think, you know, I'm not going to break into this house. I'm not going to kick their front door in because I might get shot. And and that's here in Utah. You know, you, like I said, I'm originally from California. So I'm from San Marino County, Victorville, California, which is not a good place. <laughs> and people don't have that mentality. You know, it's, uh, they don't think about it. They think the, the police are going to be there, you know, here where we live, 
our we work with the sheriff department. Actually, we're making we're making a batch of guns for them right now for their attack team. Um, great guys, great agency, but they're spread thin. There's there's not enough of them, and so I think average response time out here is about twenty to twenty five minutes. I mean, whatever's going on is over by the time they get there in, in many instances. So I think people in bigger cities and whatnot rely too much on on law enforcement to be the first responders when in fact you are the first responder because you're there. So while you guys are talking, I saw a new TikTok trend where young people in other countries are doing this TikTok challenge where they just walk into people's houses and just total strangers and they'll just walk in. And I loved reading the comments because it was like, good luck trying yeah, good good luck trying this in the states, right? Yeah. Because in Florida, you have stand your ground laws, you have castle laws, and everything. Where, I mean, you have the right to defend your home, and so you don't get those kind of trends going on here. Maybe in some states that are pretty strict on things, some people might dare do it, but you can't do that in a place that's armed as much as America is. You're definitely running the risk, and I said, I, I, I'm not. Uh trying to portray myself as some gunfighter, you know, and if someone came in my house, I mean, there's guns available and I'm going to draw that gun on that person. I don't want to shoot anybody. I don't don't want to, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't have to shoot anybody, but I'm going to, to protect my family period. So it's, again, you have to make that decision in your mind ahead of time. You don't want to have to decide that as someone kicks your door in or whatever. And then it's a fine line because there's a lot of places. There's been some instances lately where I forget the girl's name, in the state, it was her and a young man drove down the wrong driveway and the guy shot her and killed the boy. It's like, yeah, that's crazy, you know, because they drove down his driveway. I'm mean, like, we're, we're not, that's not what we're about at all, you know, but we are definitely about protecting yourself. You have to be, use common sense, which is in short supply these days. And to your point, I'll never forget with my firstborn, I had that feeling come over me. Like I would do anything to protect him. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody came in that door right now, I, I wouldn't think about my own life if it meant protecting my wife and my child's life. Right. And going back to when I lived in Kansas City, recently you had the young man who rung the wrong doorbell and he was shot by the older guy. And that was actually a few streets up from where I lived. Like I owned a house in that neighborhood. And that one hit home for me. I had some coworkers and people texting me about that because that's where I, I lived and it was in that neighborhood. And the thing is too, to your point, like you got to use common sense because in that neighborhood, we'd have a lot of kids that would come from the inner city and they would come out to that outer area of Kansas city and they'd go ring doorbells and they'd sell magazines. Right. And when they'd come to my house, I'd let them in and give them a drink of water and let them use the bathroom because they'd been out all night. But you do have some people who do get paranoid and they misuse that privilege of being able to own a gun and they should be personally held responsible for it. But I don't think you should take away the benefits that come from people who are reasonable and have common sense to have that right as an American. Most definitely. I've never, I've always had an issue with that. Even since like grade school, I remember the example I have is in elementary school, little Johnny's being a turd. And so it's 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 discipline by a grenade. Well, little Johnny's being interred, so nobody gets recess. That doesn't make sense. Little Johnny should not have recess. Everybody else gets to have recess. Why is everybody else that's playing by the rules disciplined for the actions of 
the turd, you know, and that's, we see that every day in this country, in the gun industry, people shooting up schools and, well, we can't have this. We can't ban this, ban that. Well, why? I own that same gun and I've never even thought about doing that. People need to be held accountable for their actions, not the tool. The breakdown in society, it's not a, it's not a breakdown in gun policy or in laws. I mean, the, the laws, a criminal doesn't care what the laws are. He, you tell him it's illegal to own a gun. He doesn't care. He doesn't abide by the laws anyway. He's going to buy his guns illegally, you know, and there's like over 30,000 gun laws on the book across the nation. And what does it do? It doesn't do anything. You can't, you can't legislate away crazy. You can't legislate away loss of moral compass. It just doesn't work. I lived in Japan and they have a very strict gun policy where it's only for hunting and you have, it's, you go through all these strict processes to get it. Even their hunting laws, I heard some of them explained by a friend and he was saying like when you're out in the wilderness hunting, you have to carry a radio with you and you have to get on the radio and tell everybody I'm going to shoot and then you can shoot the animal, which for me, in my experience hunting, you want to be as quiet as possible before you pull the trigger. But there they have this law because too many people were shooting each other because they weren't skilled with hunting. That being said, a few years ago, there was a person who went up to a manga studio and he got gasoline and poured it everywhere on the bottom floor and lit the studio on fire. And it killed a lot of people. And he did all of it without a gun, right? And then same with the Tokyo subways, you have mass deaths caused by gas, gas bombs and stuff like that, where it wasn't, it wasn't that. And to your guys's point, you have people who are just murderers in their heart. And, and, and then you have people who just want to feel important who are, you know, like you look at what world leaders are doing and they're murdering millions of people. And it's, it's not necessarily a mental issue. It's a power issue. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And you need to give your people a right to defend themselves. Japan's unique. I mean, they were isolationists for quite a while. You know, you lived and worked there, so maybe you can tell us more, but I don't think that Japan is quite the melting pot of cultures that America is. No. Everyone's predominantly Japanese in Japan and they all have the same upbringing and, and traditional values that made that country what it is. Now, they might be bearing there with the younger generation now, but by and large, most people in Japan are Japanese. Whereas you come to America, we have this melting pot of all different cultures and what's right and what's wrong is different in some areas. But to your point about only the government having guns, that's I, I don't understand that viewpoint at all. I mean, ask the American Indians how they feel about that. Ask the Jewish people during World War II how they feel about that, because that's what happened. Their guns were confiscated, and then they were murdered by their government. So I I don't understand that thought. Or even recently, as recently as our our last election, whatever your politics are, Trump. You know, we had the one side that, you know, diehard Trumpers, and then we had the other side like, he's he's a Nazi. He's a literal Nazi. Okay. And then that same group of people that is calling the president a Nazi are also trying to ban guns so that only, only cops and military should have guns. How does that make sense? <laughs> you don't trust the guy in office, but you only want the guy in office to have the guns. It, it just makes no sense. I've had this discussion many times and I feel very strongly about it. The thing that gave me comfort was I was listening to somebody and they were saying, 
the second amendment is in the DNA of the United States. And so there's no way you're going to get rid of it. It's part of who we are. It would be trying to alter your own DNA and it just, you just can't do it. And it's here to stay. People just got to be smart about it. I think we should go back to safety trainings, making it more of a thing where young people get involved in it more. You know, like back in the day, they used to have kids take those gun courses and they had gun teams and stuff like that in school. Yeah. And it's, that'd it's be something lack to of consider. Ed- yeah, it's the lack of education. And, you know, so like the AR-15, again, we're back to the AR-15. The AR-15 has been around. Well, actually, the M-16 were the AR-15, kind of a derivative of that, has been around since the 50s. This gun, the AR-15 has been around for 50 plus years, 60 years. So why is it all of a sudden a problem? It's not the gun. There's something happening in our culture. Like you said, back in the day, I've had the conversations with Richard about this. You know, I'm from California. So this didn't happen in my area. I couldn't have a pocket knife at school. They had guns in their trucks. You know, yeah, we would we would take guns to school and build holsters for them. The, you know, pistols we got for Christmas, we take them into shop class and build a leather holster for them. Or, you know, in the gun racks in the back window of the pickup all deer season long, there was just guns in Every pickup in the parking lot had a gun in the window. And it was, I mean, it was not a big deal. Nobody ever got shot. Nobody ever got stabbed. Nobody, but because it was a familiar thing, it wasn't, you know, I mean, it, the, the guns aren't dangerous. There's, the last estimate was like 450 million guns in the country. States that are highly regulated, like California, buy a ton of guns. There's more guns in California than most other states combined. So, like you said, it's ingrained in our culture. They're not going away. If you if you ban them tomorrow, they're going to be here for another hundred years, and they're not going away. But it's that education and lack thereof. If you if you've been watching, there's a lot of stuff going on in the gun industry right now with with different laws. Uh, what they call the pistol brace ban. There's a guy currently in prison. Basically, he has a YouTube channel, and he's covering a uh, it's a a piece of metal that's the size of a business card with the image of a device back in the 60s that they called a lightning link laser engraved into it so it's basically an image laser engraved onto a credit card sized piece of metal that he made a youtube video about talking about what it was he is in prison right now for that because that atf so that's a machine gun and our congress people on half of them don't know the difference they don't know that that's not a machine gun it's just a piece of metal the lack of education and knowledge within our own government for people regulating our rights away they don't even know what they're talking yeah, about. You hear it just drives me nuts listening to a congressperson give specs on a gun, on a rifle, or on a cartridge, or on things like this. It's like, I, I mean, I don't know if they watch too many Star Wars movies or something like that, but I mean, it's it's they are so far off base on what they're talking about. It's painfully apparent that they have got less than no idea what they're talking about. If you can't even describe what it is or how it works, you shouldn't be able to pass laws to regulate it. I mean, you, you shouldn't. It's not only with guns, though. I'm in the food industry, and it's the same with food. And that could be a completely new show. But to your point, they are making laws based on things they don't have enough information about. Where can guys learn more about your guys' products? So website is youintoprecision.com uh, or we've got a YouTube channel with, with multiple videos on there. Or if you just Google bolt action AR, it, we're the top of the list for the first five, you know, 15 results or something. So yeah, youintoprecision.com. That's U-I-N-T-A-H, precision. That's just real quick. That's a regional thing. That's where we're at. 
Uh, mm-hmm. People want to know what, what that name is about. We're in the Uinta Basin, uh, which is just, you know, we're in the Uinta Mountains in Utah. So that's where that comes from. And the bolt is compliant in all 50 states. All 50 states, even those that are passing laws right now, like Washington, Washington, Illinois, all those all those places are really cracking down. Uh, we've sent them, we just sent one to Puerto Rico. I mean, we, we sent them all over the states. So good. Well, I have listeners in almost all 50 states. So nice. that's good. That's a good, this is a good fit for them. Well, thanks guys, Richard, Jason. I appreciate you guys taking the time. I, I know you guys work hard and you probably got a lot more work to do today, but some of us work hard. Some of you work hard. This is a fun discussion I've had with a lot of men and a lot of men agree. And I think it's something that will continue to be talked about for a very long time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I don't want to extend any longer, but that's something we need to point out is we're not in the minority. It's made to sound like we're in the minority, that we're, we're kind of weird because we like guns or we think this way. We are the majority. The majority of the country feels this way. The majority of the United States supports the Second Amendment and gun ownership and, and those basic fundamental rights. So don't don't let don't it don't roll over. Don't roll over and, and don't feel like you're in the minority because you're not. Men, I think it is scientifically proven that if you listen to that episode, you will grow hair on your chest and your voice will be lower and deeper. I want to thank Richard and Jason for coming on. It was a fun discussion. I look forward to seeing how their business keeps developing from here. To end this one, in honor of you, Inter Precision, we are going to listen to their bolt action AR 10 being shot off, and it is pretty sweet. <laughs>